basically what we do is we set up donation boxes at gyms, fitness facilities all around the GTA. And uh, we put together about 2,700 pounds of peanut butter. And we had, uh, yeah, we had donations from Holy like Kraft. Yeah, it was nuts. Like we had, I think, five hundred oh, pounds of crack nuts. peanut butter. It was nuts. I was just it like, was, it, oh, was nuts. Oh, uh, it was nuts. Uh, <laughs> it was nuts. Bro. It was peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody? It's your favorite podcast, the PT3. What is up, everyone? How's it going? Hope everyone's going. doing well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Amazing well, intro, everybody. Amazing. It's well, going. It's going. It's yeah. going. It's going. Now it's going. <laughs> so today we are here with a very special guest who we actually got to meet through Instagram, which has been really, it's just been a great way to meet people. You know, we didn't really expect to, to meet people in that way with the pandemic, not being able to see people in real life. But Instagram has just been a great networking tool. So we got to meet Brent from Redline Athletics. So I could go on and talk about what I know about it, but I think no one will be better at introducing yourself than you. So Brent, why don't you introduce yourself real quick? Thanks, Prab. Uh, my name is Brett Barrett. I am a strength and conditioning coach, and I work out of Redline Athletics Canada. Uh, we're a sports training facility, a functional training facility. We work with athletes of all ages, uh, competitive levels, sizes, and we basically work with uh, people to increase their athletic performance, get you a little faster, a little stronger. Uh, work on your reaction time, balance. Uh, so we, we kind of work with athletes of all sorts of different uh, walks. So we got rowers, football players, ultimate Frisbee athletes. Uh, we got chess players, right? We got a bunch of different uh, sorts of uh, performance athletes. So that's what we do here. Um, we also have a nonprofit uh, on-premises. It's called Athletic Eatery. Uh, athletic eatery is basically about athletic support. So we support athletes uh, through a number of different campaigns and programs that we have. And uh, the biggest thing that we're doing right now is uh, it's called the hydration initiative. So we go to different sporting events. And we uh, provide hydration for athletes. So it's pretty awesome. But we try to take care of the athletes on the whole uh, here. That's amazing. Um, Brent, I actually had a question uh, right off the bat. You said or you mentioned that you get the opportunity to work with like a, uh, athletes from like all types of sports um, at your gym. How do you what is it that unifies all these athletes when you're providing them with strength and conditioning uh, principles? So or like what is something that's common in terms of how you train them? That's what I'm trying to ask. Okay. Uh, well, that's a good question. Uh, generally speaking, when you're training, uh, when you're working with athletes and you're um, having them do all sorts of different movement patterns and things of that nature, it basically stimulates the brain, right? Um, it, it's neuron activation. And 
basically that helps you to think better um, in in other instances. Like once you have all these, you know, new neural pathways cut out and you have all these new neurons activated, uh, they they help you in other in other ways, um, namely thinking, thought, you know, cognition. So all athletes can stand to gain in terms of, you know, increasing their cognition. So regardless of who we have in here, regardless of what their sport is, um, we throw them on agility movements, the agility ladder, the agility hex, you know, cone drills and stuff like that. Um, what that basically does is it allows them to to think better when it comes down to it because they've learned all these complex movements and it and it helps their brain to be more efficient. So that's kind of what we do with with everyone. I mean, it we still personalize things depending on the needs of the athlete, but in a general sense, that's how we approach it. Do Do you guys do like an assessment uh, before you start working with the athlete? Um, Absolutely. Okay, and how how does the assessment work? Well, basically, we have uh, we have a number of movements that we take the athletes through, a bunch of uh, functional movements that kind of give us an idea of where their strengths are movement-wise, like whether it's, you know, in the hips, the hamstrings. Uh, we we get, a, get an idea of how strong they move, but also we get an idea of impediments and um, impediments and flexibility and mobility and uh gives us some direction as far as how we can um, help the athlete to increase their range of motion, right? And then from there, of course, we can get into the different movements and stuff. So, like, for me, like, when I've been at placement, one of the things that I've kind of picked up on in terms of a very uh, effective movement pattern that I could use as an exercise, but also look at it as a means of, like, screening and, you know, just checking their mobility is, like, a Turkish get-up, which kind of just looks at like all these different components you got to stabilize the shoulder the core has got to be engaged you got to be able to have some flexibility in the hips what is an example other than the turkish getup of a of something that you use specifically to screen your athletes so we'll do something like uh we'll do something like uh i'm just trying to think here maybe like like an in-step lunge right where you know, they do a lunge, but they have to touch the floor, you know, as they do the lunge. So they step back with the right leg and then they uh, they touch the ground by the left leg, right? So we get an idea of the hip mobility and we get an idea of the flexibility. Damn, okay. I like that. Um, wait, did you talk about um, what kind of sport you played yourself? I think you no. mentioned it to us like over a conversation. Like I just mentioned, like I remember you mentioned something about football. So... Do you mind just sharing some history behind that real quick? Sure. Uh, well, I, in another life, uh, football, you know, I breathed, uh, slept, and ate football. Um, I played football from the age of nine, played grassroots football in Brampton. Um, I played uh, university football at uh, University of Western Ontario. Um, mm-hmm. And that was back in... Uh, so what? It was a while ago. <laughs> How do yeah. you think um, your own football career or just how do you think football played a role in how you've been training athletes at Redline? Like, do you think mm-hmm. there's been like a bit of uh, an influence based on like the drills you were doing while you were playing football? Or has have you kind of learned 
as you went and made your drills more generalized? Like, how has that worked for you? Well, you know, um, training for football requires you to use a bunch of different skill sets. So there's the whole strength and, and weightlifting side of things and powerlifting, aspects of powerlifting and stuff, um, which is kind of obvious, like, because, you know, football players are usually big and strong guys and, you know, people tend to uh, to notice that. So, I mean, there's that side, but um, especially as I got, um, as I became a more experienced and weathered football player, right, um, I had to learn a lot more about mobility and working to preserve my mobility yeah. and working to regain my mobility, especially after injuries. And uh, that really uh, influenced the way that I looked at training because all of these rehab and prehab movements, um, you know, they make you strong as well. You know, they you gain your, your, your structural uh, strength back and you, you gain your posture and all that, all that in, in proofs, but uh, it's great building block for strength. So that was a big thing. And uh, agility, you know, agility is something that, you know, most, most football players have. All, all football players work ability or agility. And uh, that kind of influenced me to, to find ways to apply that to every other sort of discipline. Yeah, I feel like there is this there's a bit of a stigma, right? Like when I was on placement, I saw a bunch of football players and I guess like power lifters who would come in and not even power lifters actually, but just like bodybuilders who would come in and talk about how much weight they're pushing. And I don't think it's really talked about like mobility and being functional in your training. Like it's just, it's not right. It's in some sports, it's almost just neglected. And what's really yeah. valued is like, Oh, I can, I don't know, I can bench press like twice my body weight or, you know, you know, things like that. I think like it's really important to make people more aware of this. Like how, how have you been uh, finding that at Redline? Do you think there's a bit of a stigma with some of the people coming in? Like, oh, this is like not the best use of my time, this mobility stuff. Like, I don't see why this is important. Like, have you have you ran into that at all or? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we train athletes here, but we work with uh, other people as well, um, quote unquote, non-athletes. Like, you know, we have some people that just, you know, they work hard every day and they want to and they want to train in a manner that gets them quicker and stronger. They want to work their balance and stuff. But it's just most people, when they think about working out, they think about lifting weights. When they think about training, they think about lifting weights. They mm -hmm. think about bench press. They think about not always squatting, but, you know, they think yeah, about bench. Yeah. And they think about all the beach muscles and all the beach uh, exercises and flies and stuff like that. So, you know, the way that we're set up here is we have, uh, you know, we definitely have barbells. We definitely have uh, kettlebells and and weights and plates and stuff like that and some other things but we value space so we don't have a bunch of machines in here that are just going to make you sit down longer and you know we don't really we we cut the fat when it comes to equipment so some people come in and they think that they're not going to be able to get a good workout or they think we don't have enough equipment and then you know we work with them and we show them you know like kind of how we we do things around here and how we want their training to go and 
usually people have a very different idea after they've utilized the space and and uh, the implements that we have. That's a great, great point. I mean, it's it would be so nice to just have like yourself, like someone with, with your expertise and and have space for athletes to kind of move where you can kind of correct their movement patterns to make them more efficient. So essentially what I'm going to ask you next is how are you dealing or helping um, athletes develop themselves in their own spaces, given that we're in um, such an interesting situation with COVID? <laughs> well, we're doing a lot of online work. So we work with a few different organizations. Um, we, we partner with Toronto Ultimate Club which is uh, Ultimate Frisbee or Ultimate Disc. You can't say Frisbee. You got to say Disc. Um, <laughs> Sounds like you were you were trying to be like, you were on your tippy toes there for a second. Like you don't want to yeah. trigger anyone. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to. Uh, I don't, don't want Yeah, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. I don't want anyone to hear me slipping, right? But uh, yeah, I, I, we work with Ultimate, uh, the Ultimate uh, Club, Toronto Ultimate Club. And they're a collection of disc athletes all over Toronto and uh, awesome organization there. They've been trying to find ways to keep their members active during the uh, pandemic. And we paired up with them and we've been working with them for the last like eight, eight or nine weeks. And, you know, we're going into the second phase of our training, which is pretty awesome. Uh, we also work with OWIFA, which is Ontario Women's Intercollegiate uh, Football Association. So it's, University football for women, which is uh, which is a huge paradigm shift, and we're glad to be helping these ladies to to do this. Um, so we work with a few different organizations that uh, awesome. that that need the help and that need to keep their uh, their athletes engaged and and moving. Yeah, right, so. Right. Yep. And and along with Redline um, and all the uh, like sports teams you guys are involved in, you also mentioned the non for profits you guys are doing. Specifically, the there was the eatery one and the hydration initiative. Um, I was wondering if you can go um, a little bit deeper into the hydration initiative, like what it means and uh, like how that all started. Sure. Well, basically, so Athletic Eatery, again, we're all about athletic support, um, spreading physical literacy. Uh, so we have a bunch of cool programs, um, but the main one that we're running right now and the one, uh, one, one of the ones most dear to my heart is uh, the hydration initiative. So basically we, we partner with different sports organizations. For example, OEFA and Tuck were the hydration sponsor for those two. Um, we, we work with these organizations to make sure that their athletes are properly hydrated. So when they have their, events, their games, their tournaments, championships, playoffs, uh, we're there. We have a tent. Um, Athletic Eatery works with GP8 Oxygen Water. We're an official dealer, so we uh, have a bunch of their paraphernalia that we use along with ours, and uh, and we have their their flagship product, which is Oxygen Water, GP8 Oxygen Water. We, we carry that, and we sell that, and we promote that uh, for use with athletes because it's a great... Uh, it's a great rep replenishing drink for for uh, for when you're depleted and, and beat up in the middle of a game and stuff. So we have uh, GP8 oxygen water, which is oxygenated water. It basically absorbs quicker into the system, cuts down on bloating and fatigue, right? Uh, helps when recovery, keeps the heart rate low, right? Um, 
and we have our own brand of uh, it's called Hydrate um, Athletic Eatery Hydrate, which is alkaline water. So we have those two, and we basically we spread it to athletes. We let them know a little bit more about hydration. Uh, dehydration is a it's an epidemic in sport, and a lot of people don't realize it. They don't want to address it, but dehydration is huge, and I think that it's one of the things that are leading to. Uh, leading to the decline in numbers in football, for example, right? Uh, a lot of lot of head injuries, a lot of concussions, that's an epidemic as well. And it's linked with dehydration because if you don't uh if you don't lubricate the brain with water, then you know right. you're more likely to get that concussion, right? That's such a good message and yeah. it's so important for athletes to be hydrated. Like any any athlete playing any sport, um, it's super important. Um, how could teams get in contact with you if they're interested in in um, what you like your non for profit um, and to kind of spread the word a little bit more? Um, how could teams contact you? Well, they can uh, they can visit us on Instagram because we are on the gram at Athletic Eatery. Uh, we're on Facebook, Athletic Eatery. Uh, we have an e-store on our website, athleticeatery.ca. So we uh, we sell the water through there. We also sell hydration subscriptions where people can play a, pay a flat rate and they can expect their water uh, monthly. So we, we have all sorts of different uh, ways for, for teams to access and use uh, the services. I like that. Um, I'm just on the website right now, actually, and, and I just love how you're taking like the very, very basic foundations, like like just something simple as water could go such a long way in terms of how you're performing and even save you from um, debilitating like injuries, right? And even like when I'm on this website, I went on this other drive that you guys have going on, which I do want to ask you about because it just looks amazing. Um, <laughs> it's called the Great Peanut Butter Drive. And yes. I just see a peanut butter and jelly sandwich there, and I'm just like, what is this all about? I'm getting hungry. I, I know. know guys, but I'm getting hungry. <laughs> oh. uh, I've been hungry since 4 a.m. Oh, I'm, fa- I'm fasting. I'm fasting. Oh, That's what I'm sorry. Sorry, disclaimer oh, to everyone. <laughs> I need some of that GP8 infused water right now. Good That's Lord. all I know. <laughs> Yo, I'll, I'll hook you guys up, man. I'll, I'll get you guys some of this water. I'll either... Uh... I'll either drop it off to you guys or whatever, but yeah, you guys got to try this water. It's awesome. Oh, man, thank you. I appreciate sure. it. I love it. Yeah, love yeah, yeah, no problem. Before Prab interrupted me, please tell us oh about goodness. the great peanut butter drive. The, the great Canadian peanut butter drive. Cheese. <laughs> yeah. Well, basically, uh, food insecurity is huge, man. Like uh, people typically in, in Canada and especially in Toronto, uh, people are having to choose between, you know, um, their heat and their electricity and their food, you know, like, yeah, people are making money, you know, it's a hustler's world for sure, but things are expensive. And especially with the pandemic, it's even worse. Like people are just, uh, not having all, some people just not having all of the, uh, financial resources that they did before. So basically the Great Canadian Peanut Butter Drive is a food drive that we uh, put on with um, different food banks in in, Toronto, in the GTA area. And we basically raise um, peanut butter, right, for the food banks. So peanut butter is, uh, 
it's a commodity in food banks. Um, it's hard for them to get because they're usually getting their food from schools, which are nut-free zones. So it's nutritious, you know, it's somewhat expensive, and it's not really something that they get um, an abundance of donations in. So um, with, in fitness, everybody kind of respects peanut butter because it's like, it's cheap and, you know, starving students, starving athletes, they know what it is, right? So uh, a lot of... A lot of people get it, and they basically what we do is we set up donation boxes at gyms, fitness facilities all around the GTA, and we hold a series of fundraisers as well. And we let uh, and we basically let people come to the fundraisers with peanut butter as the admission. So we pool all of our our donations and stuff, and and we uh, and we present them to the different food banks that we work with. So the last time that we did this, which was right before the pandemic, literally like maybe a month and a half before the pandemic started, we uh, worked with, oh man, was like maybe around 50 gyms in the GTA, maybe 55 oh. gyms or so. And uh, mm -hmm. we put together about 2,700 pounds of peanut butter. And we oh. had, uh, yeah, we had donations from Holy like moly. Kraft. Yeah, it was nuts. Like we had, I think, five hundred oh, pounds of crack peanut butter. It was nuts. I was just it like, was, it was oh, nuts. Oh, uh, it was nuts. Uh, <laughs> peanuts, bro. It was peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah. So we movie. we donated. Uh, I think mean, we split it up in three, and we donated seven hundred pounds to Mississauga Food Bank, seven hundred pounds to uh, Daily Bread Food Bank. Or no. Yeah, Daily Bread Food Bank and uh, 700 pounds to Nice Table in Brampton. So, yeah, it was cool, man. Was, so that's what we do. Like, you know, we're going to we're going to run another one soon. It's just we're trying to kind of trying to put out other fires with this whole pandemic thing, you know? Yeah, man, for sure. Like, I feel like yeah. it's probably been such an such a hindrance right to try to navigate all these things like these fundraisers and these initiatives that you've been trying to put together and you can't even go and meet people right exactly. how, how do you think your um initiatives and redline athletics as a whole has had to adapt during the pandemic like i know it's probably been a lot but just the main ways in which you've had to adapt can you just like tell us a bit about that um, a lot of lot of online stuff, you know, a lot of online stuff um, with our with our big partnerships. Like we're it's preseason period right now because it's right before summer, so there are a lot of a lot of sports that are just getting ready, uh, gearing up to get started for the summer. So um, we were supposed to be doing a lot of preseason outdoor work with these uh, organizations, and now we got to be like online, just always online you know routinely online and it's it's still mm -hmm. cool because we get to you know we get to interact with everybody and we get to talk and we get to you know keep the vibe going but sometimes man it's it's not the easiest thing in the world to kind of get motivated when you're you know you're you're inside and you're kind of you know like in the same environment you know um, of course of course right yeah, right yeah. so it's it's rough you know but you know, as long as uh, we're just about keeping the routine going, like we just want to keep our keep our athletes and keep our clients happy and keep them going, keep them moving. Because if they don't, then you fall into the trap of depression and inactivity and apathy and all that other stuff. 
Of course, right? That's been, I feel like it's been such a big theme throughout this whole thing. Like, just sure, there's the physical aspect of there's a virus, so we have to stay at home. We can't go outside. But then there's a whole different pandemic at home. You know what I mean? Like, the mental aspect, the psychosocial aspect. Like, it's definitely been a, been a lot, right? For sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's been rough. Like, we, uh, we started doing a, a kids program, like, free um strength and conditioning training for youth of all ages uh, we've been doing it every saturday morning and it's a free program uh it's really just to help get kids moving because uh on a on a statistic level like youth have been the most uh negatively affected by this whole pandemic you know and you know no recess no school no nothing you know um, i i have a daughter and Dude, she's just been inside like yeah. this whole year, you For know, sure. and yeah. definitely, you know, you, you pack on the pounds and just mentally you're not the same because you're bored. Right. So yeah. we have this program and we've been pushing it the last uh, few weeks. We we did it before the pandemic, but it was an in-person thing. So we've kind of tailored it. We went online with it and it's pretty cool. Like we're doing what we can to kind of help kids to stay, you know, stay active at least that one day. And we do it nice and early on Saturday mornings. Like when I was a kid, Saturday morning cartoons is a big thing. So trying to kind of bring that excitement back where they get up and they know they got something fun and cool to do. That's, that's awesome. I'm, it's really good to hear you guys are still running your initiatives and also doing this youth strengthening program. Um, that you're running on Saturday mornings. I think that's great, especially during the pandemic with everybody staying at home and just to echo what Prab was saying with the psychosocial and everything. It's physical, but as well as mental, um, staying at home all the time is tough. Um, how could youth get uh, like involved in that or sign up for the program? Well, uh, they just have to check out our bio on Instagram at Redline, um, at Redline Athletics Canada. Uh, just go on the bio where we have our link tree set up there. The program is called Neighborhood Superstars Youth Athletic Training Program. So you just got to look for that link, Neighborhood Superstars, and not just kids. Like we have some adults that are taking part, some parents. Parents are welcome to take part. Uh, we just want to provide that safe space where everybody can kind of come in and get moving and be in a, in, in a positive environment, encourages you to to move. You know, so yeah, just our our bio is a great place to get involved. Other than that, um, a DM you can DM me and I'll I'll email you or the admission or whatever or the the link. Okay, uh, thanks for sharing that. That's good for uh, any youth listening or anybody else. As Brent was saying, um, yeah, go check out check out the in, the uh, their Instagram. We'll also link that um, in the description of this. Uh, podcast um, on all the platforms so you'll be able to find it easily there as well as on Instagram so man I I wish I had something like that when I was younger honestly like I don't know what it is about like yeah organized sport is is great right like it's like okay we're gonna go have a soccer game Uh, we're gonna have soccer practice we're gonna have like basketball Um, but for a lot of people it's hard to kind of get your foot in the door with that right like as a kid like maybe your parents sign you up but sometimes you feel like but maybe you're not signed up for the sport you want to play or something like that right so i feel like 
as a kid, it's really important to be able to try those different things in like a low pressure, like fun, fun place, right? Like a fun space. I feel like that's super important. So in terms of like, I know you have your online thing going, but do you have any plans for after this co- this pandemic is over and things are a little more open? What are your plans for kind of getting not only the youth, but your athletes out and involved? Like what are your, what are your plans for after this whole thing? Well, it seems to me like uh, it seems to me like we're going to have a new state of normal. Like, I don't think every I don't yeah. think anything's going to go back to the way that it was before. Um, but what I I do think that we'll still have in-person training at some point. So we're still going to run our online programs because people are still going to be worried and people are still going to be, you know, um, people are used to kind of the isolation at this point. So I think that um, some people will still, you know, opt to work out at home and work out in their own space. So we'll still have the online thing, but we'll have an in-person um, component as well. So, f- so for example, with, you know, the, the neighborhood superstars program, we'll have, you know, maybe 10 kids. It'll probably be a limit of 10. That's what it's been up to this point um, when we've been open. So I think that uh, we'll probably have like a 10 kids that are there, take part in the program and they can interact with the kids that are on the screen that are doing it at home. Right. So just kind of like a big, like a, almost like a workout party. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That sounds fun. I want one of those right now, to be honest. <laughs> Yo, you guys can come, yeah, man. Well, come, come check it out. The workout is challenging. I'm sure it is. I'm sure man. it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, oh, it'll, yeah. Be, it'll be challenging me for me for sure. Like I haven't, I don't know when I've worked up properly the last time. Yeah. Well, lead is such a liar. That's such a lie. Whoa. This guy works whoa. out every day. Whoa, whoa, whoa! whoa. Pause. He's always pause. sending chin ups. All liar. those chin ups. Okay, chin ups. I haven't. I haven't done chin ups in a long time. First of all, <laughs> I was saying that I haven't done an athletic workout in a while. Well, you know what? With uh, with this kids program, it's like we use a lot of body weight movement, and even with our online stuff. Generally speaking, we do all body weight um, movement, and mm-hmm. um, because you know what, like some people have you know dumbbells, some people have bands, some people have kettlebells, but it's hard to find like that one universal thing that everybody has. So just to make it simple, we just make the workouts uh, body weight. So we, so it's really. It's something that anyone can do, whether you're old or young. We've had seniors do it. We've had youth do it, like four-year-old kids. We've had pro athletes do it. So so you guys are welcome to come by anytime. You can check it out. I'll be there. Thank you. Yeah, sure. I'll be there when things open for sure. Yeah, yeah. What is your opinion, by the way, on resistance training in the younger population i know it's a very controversial topic yeah like my mom always used to say oh don't lift weights because it will stun your growth and then i was like the skinniest guy in grade nine (laughs) (laughs) you know what um i mean there's a lot more research on that before like when i was a kid um when i was a kid my my brothers used to my brothers used to go to bramley secondary school so i used to go like get pumped with my bros you know and uh I would try not like I would try not to do too much of the heavy stuff because I would always hear about this 
you know, this stigma that, you know, weight stunt your growth. And that it's, it's not really proven, right? Um, the big thing about lifting weights is that in order to get the major gains, you need to have uh, your full complement of testosterone available. And usually with kids, that doesn't happen because you don't get that testosterone until you go through puberty. So um, it's not really necessary for kids to to do, you know, a lot of weight training. It's better to do functional stuff. And uh, I mean, when I was a kid, barbells and stuff like that were all that were really around. But um, now, shoot, like now you got TRX, you got, you know, kettlebells are widespread and you got all these different slam balls and you got all these different like things that, you know, bands are huge now, you know, so you can have you can have a kid be Olympics ready without mm. ever having to pick up a, a weight. You know, you can have them using bands and, you know, calisthenics and TRX stuff. And, like, they're ready yeah. to go. And they don't need any sort of weights at all. Right? And and that applies mm. to adults. Like, you can, you can get an adult ready for the Olympics, man, with just TRX and some bands. That's you amazing. Know, he or she doesn't have to lift a pound and they'll be ready like their hips and then their backs and then their hamstrings all these these areas where you would normally think that you need you know um, resistance training with weights and heavy lifting to build it's like you can mm -hmm. build all these muscle groups without that stuff so mm -hmm. so what you're saying is my nephew in a couple of years can do a muscle up yeah yeah he's good he's good <laughs> yeah he's good man He's good, man. <laughs> you heard it here first. The next Olympian's coming out of red line. Yeah, we're working <laughs> on it, man. We're working Honestly. on it over here. That's a really good message, though, because um, I've, I have a lot of friends who, I guess, aren't really into working out, right? And every time I talk to them, they just, they, and I say, why do you not like exercising? They say things like, I don't know. I don't like the gym because I don't like weights. Or, you yeah. know, I don't want to, if they're a female, they'll say, oh, I don't want to look like super muscular. You know what I mean? I just want to be lean, Ooh, which yeah. is a whole different topic, right? That, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> yeah, right I could that's, talk for a while. That's a whole other episode. Yeah, that's a whole, that's other, a whole other episode. episode. Yeah. But yeah. like, another, it's just about interest, right? Like some people like lifting weights, but some people prefer like running or HIIT training or the functional training, right? Like there's so many different ways to do exercise. I, I really believe that there is a mode of training for everyone. But not everyone is aware of that. Like, I just think if they tried it, they would get more. But then again, like your friends aren't always going to listen to you. So I think someone else, like Brent, maybe wow. needs to put this you're into. Just, you're just throwing them under your under the bus, man. What's wrong with you? I've tried my I've tried my best to spread the message, but you know we need Redline Athletics to really to come through promote this. <laughs> yeah, we we got you, man. Don't worry. We'll we'll uh, we'll talk to your peeps, bro. That's good, man. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk to the peeps, man. You know what? Like, you know, we, I, I grew up on weights. I grew up on, on weightlifting, strength training. I believe mm. that, you know, it's important to be strong. I believe in life. It's important to be strong. And, you know, there are things that the iron teaches you, man, that you are not going to learn other ways Whoa. you know what i'm saying Whoa. that was deep. that was that was, that was really deep <laughs> wow highlight of the episode I right? got yeah, next next quote i got goosebumps <laughs> Bro, look man my uh i'm gonna I'm, next time uh next time we talk or next time we do this i'm gonna bring my man uh coach mike 
right? Because he's just he's just a big muscle. <laughs> he's a big muscle, bro. He's a, he's you know, a walking like, big muscle. That's it. He's a, yeah, he's a walking muscle, bro. And, and you know, like he he was, uh, you know, funny enough, he was my training partner growing up, man. Like you know, out of high school and stuff, we used to hit it together. Like I mean, when I when I uh, really got into ball and stuff, like kind of went another direction. I started learning a lot about the powerlifting side and stuff, but. Um, you know he, he's he's an OG in the whole training thing, and he would agree that you know the iron teaches you certain things about you know not being comfortable. You know what I mean? And yeah, pushing yeah. yourself to pushing yourself through discomfort to 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 grow and to be stronger mentally too, right? Hmm. So you know I, I I respect the weights. Like there's always a place for that stuff, but it's not uh, it's not the old days are over, man. Like there's other ways to get strong. You can, yep. you know, the, we got all kinds of stuff here. Like we work with, especially through um, athletic eatery, like we work with a bunch of different uh, companies that uh, use all sorts of different, you know, training implements and stuff. And we sell those through the e-store. And mm. a lot of them, like they make you so much stronger. They make you so much, develop so much more torque going through the different planes of movement stuff. And there's not a weight involved. Like it's all just straps and bands and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. You know, so we really try to, we really try to push that stuff and let people know that these things are out there because dude, man, when you're finished lifting, like when you lift for your whole athletic career, there are usually cartilage issues and other nerve issues and other things that just completely, you know, eat you up. Right. And we try yeah. to, right. we're trying to get people to, you know, not experience those things. Right. Yeah. You know? And honestly, like the bands and everything are just as effective, right? Like for me personally, with all the gyms closed, same thing. I can't get to the gym, but I've just been doing band exercises and they've been working out well. And it's honestly easier to get a band than to get a dumbbell now. Oh, they're yeah. so expensive. They're so yeah. expensive. Yeah. They're through the roof, man. And yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? Like nowadays, like, the big thing is time under tension. So it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. like, if you have a bag of rice or a dumbbell or a band. It's like it's how long you flex that muscle and how long you keep it working is the real thing. Yeah, I don't got that much muscle to flex. Oh, my goodness. Oh my <laughs> He's just fishing oh for my goodness. Like This guy is, like, so fit. <laughs> Shut up. He's at like Shut he's so fit, but he's always yo yeah, I'm not that jack. He's, he's lifting that, that nephew. Oh that nephew. <laughs> hey man, I'm just trying to elevate other people. Oh my lord. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> hey man. Oh my god. Wait, so I just wanted to say something about um this whole working out and just like um in like intricate and creative ways that you know we have to like now adapt. Um, like using resistance bands and this time under tension concept like and Brad mentioned like how his friends and some people just don't like the idea of working out and and it made me think about this thing called a sawyer effect i don't know if i'm like pronouncing this right but essentially it's like essentially what the effect is is that people i think think about working out as a chore right like literally in the word itself says work so because it's considered work people like think oh like i gotta do this but i think that working out personally is something that's very fun and i think based on how brent is like describing what fitness is to him 
I think when he was growing up, like working out was tough, but it was also a, a ground for play. It was a way for him to like interact with people, and and that's what really got him into it. There's that sense of, I don't know, like if I'm if I'm saying this correctly, but like it's like fun to a certain extent to like actually do that stuff. So for me, it's like when I think about the stuff and what Brent is saying, I think that working out should no longer be considered to be just like okay go in the gym and just lift some weight so you don't you know grow old and you know get this this and this it should be considered to be something that's fun so that people can actually look forward to doing it you know yep. yeah yeah like that's like it's like what we were talking about before as well like i don't know i really do believe there's a type of working out or a type of exercise that's meant for everyone right i know people yeah. who love the weights hate running they will never go on a run like yeah. ever and then yeah, i know yeah. the opposite too like i know people that are like marathon runners but you give them a weight they're just like get out of my face you know what i mean like yeah. it's just whatever you subjectively find to be engaging and something that you can be disciplined and consistent with over a long period of time like that's what's really i just think it's important for people to to find what they care about in terms of exercise and taking care of themselves because then that way it just becomes a lifestyle right you don't need to try you don't need to Think of it as a chore, like Walid was saying. I don't know. I just wish more people knew that. It's weird. Like training is training is a funny thing because, I mean, you're supposed to take it seriously because it's your health, right? But uh, some people they don't realize that like it's really just it's really about movement. You know, like mm -hmm. a lion a lion never bench pressed or squatted. And look how lean and muscular they are because they move. You know what I mean? And it's like a tiger or a bear. Like, you see these animals, like, these animals are ripped beyond ripped. And it's like, <laughs> they don't bench press, dude. They I'm don't just, take pre-workout. That's so true. I don't I'm, know why I never thought about I'm this. I'm just before. imagining a bear just bench pressing and, like, another bear just spotting him. Like, yeah, you got it, bro. Bench that. 350 pounds. <laughs> yeah, man. You got the log, bro. <laughs> so yeah like that so that's the thing like i mean it's it's good to take it's good to take the art the art of training seriously and it's good to know how to get results from yourself and it's good to know how to hit the different muscle groups and work the different energy systems and all that like that's all good but it's like sometimes people get caught up with like you know the lifting and the process and you know like it's it, it's more it's more than that like there are so many different ways to do it you know um i often think i often equate um fitness to religion because everybody has their own interpretation of it you know so like you get crossfitters arguing with mm. bodybuilders yeah you know, well what's the best mm. way to train and it's like Dude, it doesn't matter, man. You do you. Just do you. Brent, man, wow. you've been spitting yeah. gems. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Like, that is actually so Comparing true. it yeah. to religion. Like, yeah. that's so true. Whatever gets you closer to God, man. Exactly. That's, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, whatever gets you closer, man. Whatever, whatever, you know, puts you on that journey and keeps you on it, man. You know, and like I, uh, dude, I, I hate high reps, bro. Like, I hate high reps. I hate it. I See, I I kind of live there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I kind of live in the high reps. I I can't do the three to five rep range. Like I, that's not me. 
Yo, my, my buddy Mike, he does the high reps. He swears by it. And again, it's all about that time under tension. So he's right. But it's just, I hate it, bro. Like, I, it doesn't, I don't believe in necessarily like lifting your max every time and all this. But like, you know, I kind of prefer to move a little bit of weight, you know, eight right. to 10 reps maybe. You know, in that yeah. rep range, and then and be yeah. taxed rather than just repping it, repping it, repping it. Like right. that drives me nuts. And and that's what you enjoy, though, right? So that's what's important. Because if someone was to tell you, like, "Hey, you can only do high reps," like you probably wouldn't want to do that. You'd be like, "You probably no. wouldn't want to work out," to be honest. Yeah, yeah, right. But like, if you're able <laughs> exactly. to do the lower reps and like what you want, then you'll actually move. And at the end of the day, like what you were saying, what's important is the movement. What, however yeah. you do it is however you do it as long as you're moving. Yeah, like even in the, yeah, even in like the cardio world, right? Like the, I guess like high intensity interval training versus like getting on a, an elliptical or a bike for 45 mm. minutes, right? A lot of, yep. a lot of people, especially older people in, in that I know, they think that working out or doing cardio means you got to be on a treadmill for 45 minutes, which mm, is pretty boring, yeah. right? Like, I don't yeah, want to just yeah. run yeah. on that. But if, if you can do the same thing in 10, 15 minutes and be gassed, like you're doing like a high intensity, vigorous exercise routine, right? And yeah. you're doing it in a shorter amount of time. I feel like that's very promising. But again, like a lot of people don't know about that. It's just like this, these predisposed notions that they have about exercise. I think yeah. they just they're still in their minds i don't know yeah well dude like when i was uh when i was in my early 20s uh, which i'm which i am no longer right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> when i was in my early 20s dude i was in the gym two and a half hours two hours and i was like you know i thought i was doing the right thing right yeah. be in there and like lifting and screwing around and not even not even drinking that much water man just in there just mm. pounding it and you know you get gains because the body and the mind are strong right but dude i don't do anything like that now like would you, right would now, you do that now with everything never, you know never bro now. never um i i pretty much learned about um efficiency and training when i was in mm. university because at that point it's like the school, the school owns you basically. So they're basically like telling you, yo, train and then get to class. Because if your mm. grades aren't up, then you can't play. So they're yeah, saying, yeah. yo, train and go to train and go to study hall or train and go to, you know, your lecture or whatever it is. So you don't have like two hours in a day, any given day, especially if you have full course load, you don't have time for that stuff. So I learned how to get everything in, in 40, in like 45 minutes. Right. And I've kind of stuck with that because you can lift like even if you're going heavy and stuff like you can you can kill it and you can do everything you need to you know, 45 minutes, 40 minutes like you can do it and you can, you know, you cut down on the rest time, you cut down on the crap, the talking and all that stuff, just bang it out. So um, even my most intense workouts at this point, man, it's like it's less than an hour, like considerably less by 40 minutes or so like i'm kind of bored like i want to the next thing i want to do other stuff anyways yeah man like me and me and Walid right now are doing p90x because yeah. i guess we just wanted to try like getting on that functional training wave and we just like he was he put me onto it he was talking telling me about how good how you're training movements not just muscles and you just move better you're more agile so we got on that and all the workouts are 30 minutes 
but they're the hardest workouts i ever did like i swear you're, you're done by the end of it for real yeah yeah i uh i had my time with p90x i uh you know i would get so annoyed with tony tony horton oh tony horton man that guy is so cheesy he's so funny though like he's yeah, just he's... a character i love it you know, i love it though yeah you 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 learn to love the guy because it's like it's that one voice that you hear when you're like killing it and you're like dying to get the workout done it's like you hear him talking and he goes through the workouts and he does them and he's pretty good like he's pretty he's in good shape especially for his age man like that's yes, the thing i sure. think that really works for him like when i was younger and i looked like that was the first time when i saw or understood that it is possible to be like 50 years old and do like 20 30 pull-ups and i'm like yeah. that's like if that guy can make it possible that's what i should aim for that's what health and wellness says is not being yeah. able to like get a basket or lift this much when i'm in high school it's to be able to do something like that when i'm like 40 years down the line yeah you know? exactly so, man. So I was like, I got to do what this guy's doing because whatever he's doing, it's working. <laughs> guy's yeah. a beast, man. He's got yeah. the energy. He's got that energy. I, I actually don't know who this is. Who, who is this guy? Tony Horton, bro. Oh, my. Yo, oh, I okay. I'm about to I, shut this podcast episode off. I'm about to go off. Like, well, turn also, off. for, anyone, <laughs> turn for off. anyone listening who might also not know who that is. I got you. Like, well, Tony you know Horton. Uh, Tony Horton essentially is like the creator of P90X. P90X is essentially like a 90 day challenge of like a series of workouts that are divided into three different months. So in the first three months, it's kind of like the found, like, sorry, the first month you're doing like the foundation piece where it's kind of like getting your strength and conditioning up. Second month is like, the, like generally the hardest of the workout where you kind of like maximize like performance through like strength. And then he kind of translates over to like the kind of like a cool down in the last 30 days where he kind of just tests you still in functional strength but it's it's not as heavy on like strength but no matter what month it is it's still gonna feel like it's still gonna feel like shit to be honest excuse my language but um it's just it's, it's just brutal man it's a it's lot because so what you realize is like as soon as you start getting better at the workouts you realize that there's something else that you can do like instead of just lifting mm -hmm. weight you're gonna you're gonna go okay i'm gonna reduce the weight a bit but let me try to go through the full range of motion for a squat or like a half moon or like a single leg balance like shoulder shoulder press and then you realize oh shit like this is really bad so i gotta i gotta like stick with the weight that i'm not used to you know what i mean right yeah, yeah okay so, so he's yeah. the voice tony's the voice he's the guy he, you can hear his voice in the, in yeah. the head i hear him oh, right okay. now he's yelling at me oh. <laughs> he's yelling he's like all right pull up time exactly yeah, he's, he's really he's pretty uh yeah he's pretty corny at times but it's like Very you gotta yeah, you got to respect it because it's like, it's not easy, man. Like, life has its up and downs. And, like, when you're 50 to keep on training and be able to, like, keep on pushing it and, you know, just keep it on yeah. that level, man. It's like, I got to respect him. Um, he does some other, he has, he has some other pretty cool workouts, too. Like, he had this other, because yeah. he's under Beachbody. Like, that's kind of like yep. the company that, you know, that distributes uh, P90X, I guess. And, uh mm -hmm. He has like the I think the ten minute workout is another one of his uh his uh training um sessions or whatever um yep. systems and the ten minute workout is sick because it's basically like a bunch of different like there's a leg workout there's a cardio workout there's a yes. yoga workout they're all ten minutes, but you can 
you can string them together in different blocks. So you can do a 30 minute, so you can do the cardio and the yoga and the plyo. And then it's yes. only 30 minutes, but your body mm -hmm. is on fire from doing this because yeah. you just get so much, he gets so much muscle activation out of you in that 10 minutes. It's like, it's really genius, man. And yeah, I mean, there, there are other famous programs that are part of Beachbody as well, like uh, Insanity, Shanti Insanity. But I found that uh, like back in my day when I was doing it, I found that Insanity was just way too much pressure on the joints, all the jumping around and stuff. And typically, like I like doing plyo and I don't really have problems <laughs> with like jumping around and knee soreness and stuff. And when I felt it with uh, insanity, I noticed that it was something that other people were talking about too. But um, with P90X, I find that, you know, Tony Horn's pretty responsible in the way that he puts the workouts together. Like I never had any discomfort after, like other than yeah. just soreness because it killed me, you know? <laughs> oh yeah, the soreness is there. But he fits in yeah. things like yoga and like dynamics, which is like, it's it's still hard but it's more like based on getting range like active range of motion out of joints like you're doing like dynamic stretching dynamic movements where you're really focusing on the full range of motion and i think that's good right i think that's a really good part of training so i'm glad he puts in those recovery days because recovery is like just as important right amen well, like all i know is like my pt practice is going to be p90x <laughs> yeah. yeah well you know what was sick the uh the Kenpo was is sick, man. The Kenpo workout is nice. I've been I've heard of that one. So the original P90X had like uh, Kenpo X. I guess Horton like takes Kenpo karate, right? So oh, karate. Had, like, huh? Oh, I'm oh, saying. The, oh, yes, yes. I remember uh, that. I remember that. It was in the yeah, original yeah, yeah. like P90X. I I remember. Yeah, that the workout. yeah the original one. It, I, it, yeah, I've done that one too. That was pretty sick, man. Like. I, I got a good sweat, you know, anytime I did it. And I, I thought it was a pretty good workout. Like It was like a kicking one, right? Like it was a lot of like yeah. kicking kind of stuff in yeah. there. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember. Yeah, a lot, of, a lot of kicking, a lot of, a lot of like self-defense, uh, self-defense self yeah. elements and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good, man. Vary it up, right? Yeah. Like just whatever yeah. gets it. It makes it fun too, right? Keeping it variable. Yeah, it's good, man. Like, I mean, with the P90X, it's like you got to use bands and you got to use different things. And I mean, um, it's it's cool. Like, it's it's cool, man, because you don't you don't need a lot in order to get the workouts done. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think it's a pretty yeah. cool thing. Like uh, nowadays, like what what I'm trying to do, like or what we're we're trying to do here is we're just trying to do as much as we can with the body. So we. Yeah. We utilize exercises from um, exercise systems and stuff that kind of predate a lot of these things that we use now. So we kind of, we take it back to the old school, man. Like, you know, we do a lot of yoga influence movements. Not exactly yoga, you know, but it's just a lot of yoga influence stuff. Like we do like the Hindu push-ups, you know, we do a lot of that stuff. Oh, the those Hindu are crazy. squats. Yeah. 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 They're, those are wicked, yeah. man. Like those those sorts of exercises have been around for thousands of years, and you know, like a lot of the ancient ancient Indian wrestlers and the ancient Persian wrestlers, they would use a lot of these exercises. And you know, these guys, I mean, they're they're known for their wrestling to this day. You know, so mm. 
we use a lot of that stuff. Um, that a lot of that has influenced me, like in my training journey. Um, yoga, yeah. yeah, yoga was a big. Uh, yoga changed my life, man. Like yoga, and, yeah, yeah. There's, I got a couple things that changed my life, but definitely like, you know, yoga was one of them. You know, um, completely changed the way that I look at strength and and how to build it and how to maintain it. So you. You know what, though, like something like just you talking about like the things that were kind of like foundational pieces for you uh, when you were growing up um, the other day, I think about a week ago, I tried to do monkey bars because um, when I was younger, like I used to just go to the park and just do monkey bars over and over again because I just thought it was fun. I just made it into a challenge. It was just like whatever, like a lot of kids were just in the park doing the same thing. Right. Yeah. Um, but I tried it the other day and man, it was so hard. And I was it like, hard. Yeah. I was like, yeah, what? Is. Where is my grip strength? Like, I don't understand where the hell it is. And the ring ones. Have you tried those recently? I tried it with rings in like some park, and it's just crazy. Like, I don't know how yes. I did that as a kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't understand how, like, because like, I was like, like a five, six, seven year old kid is like somewhere doing this like effortlessly. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like a grown ass, like, man. Who is struggling on like it's, monkey bars? It's all, your, holding... it's all your muscle holding you down. No, it's not any muscle. Like there's <laughs> no muscle at all. Like You're heavier. My, my calluses were like crying. I was like, why is this happening to my hands? <laughs> like I don't understand. But that's what that's what happens. Like when you're when you're a kid, it's like you know you you, you just you do whatever you want. Like there's no real limit to it. But then it's like. You, you go through your adolescence and stuff and it's like you use your body less, you know, like we, yeah, we work or we do schoolwork or whatever it is. And you just, you use your body less, man. And then when you, when you try to go to the level that you used your body as a kid or whatever, it's like, yo, you're, you're so conditioned to not use it yeah. that you can't even, you can't even go there. Yeah. You know? Like I have a friend who, I don't know why he does this, but he loves climbing trees or just, just random stuff. So if we like go on a walk or something and he sees a tree, he'll just go climb it, right? He's just, he's just a character. But anyways, like I think about it sometimes and I'm just like, when we were a kid, that's the type of, like we were like living there. Like we were on a playground, we were like climbing up whatever we could find. We were jumping without thinking about like our knees or whatever. But now it's just, I'm not sure what exactly changes. Maybe we, it's just because we, like what you were saying, we get decondition or we just we aren't conditioned to do that stuff anymore or maybe the priorities change right maybe like i think for a lot of people it becomes more of a chore like we were saying before to move whereas like movement should be how we thought about it as a kid right movement it's should a, be it's a, it's a playground man that's what i'm saying yeah like, it yeah. really is like when you when you think about it as play it's just a challenge to yourself and that's it like that's literally it and you're out there doing this for hours and hours and not even thinking about twice like how many calluses you have in your hand. No, Instead, you're showing it off. You're like, oh, yeah, look at that. I can do that. Where's your callus, huh? Bleed <laughs> <laughs> still yeah. does that. No, I don't. Not anymore. I was crying, man. Holy. Yeah, once you, once you slow down, man, that's what's up. You know, like once you start worrying about other stuff and you don't really train with the same energy man it kind of kind of shows up in the way that your body functions and stuff man like so you just got to stay on it like i find that uh, i mean i see a lot of people now because i'm in my 40s guys so it's like i see a lot of uh, a lot of my old 
teammates, a lot of my old, you know, athletic peers and stuff. And, you know, some of them fall right off, you know, because they just don't train the way that they used to. And then you get others that they just keep on training. So even though they played into their 30s or something like that, like they just keep on training as if they were, you know, as if they were still active, as if they're still doing stuff. And they're the ones that kind of, they keep the momentum going, you know? Mm, right. Like, yeah, like me, um, you know, I could I could stand to lose a little bit of weight. I don't think I've really, especially during the pandemic, I don't think I've handled my metabolism in the best way. But I still keep the explosiveness, you know what I mean? Like I always train for that so I can still I still take off. I can still sprint. Lateral speed's still there, you know. Like I, I like to think that I can still play. <laughs> well, just, I'm, just I'm sure you could. I'm yeah, sure you could. Yeah, just, just not the whole game. I, I couldn't be a starter, man. Let's let another, let someone else start, man. I'll just go in there. What what position were you playing? Um, I played linebacker, man. Like when I was at university level, I played linebacker. Um, I got recruited as a running back, but just throughout the years, I played a bunch of different positions. I played some DB, um, okay. played some running back, yeah. So you know, I like to think that I could still do something. I mean, every every old football football head says the same thing. But I really think that I could at least, you know, start maybe uh, play play a couple play off the bench. You know what I mean? Come off the bench. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, hopefully, when uh, COVID's over, you can get like a pickup game going or something like yeah, that. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see about that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't even know how that looks now. How does that even look yeah. now? Like, if you were to get out there, like before the quarterback throws the ball, like do you like spray some like sanitizer on it right before it and then you toss it? <laughs> Six yeah, feet that, social distance. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, right? Like, I don't, I don't know how it's gonna go. Like, I mean, in the states, in the states, they never stopped playing football. So it's like they had, mm. you know, last year uh, they had all sorts of reschedule, you know, rescheduling games and stuff because guys were getting COVID. Like, I think it was uh, mm. the New Orleans Saints. All of their running backs had were on were on isolation. You know, um, think um, where else was it? I think Denver. All of their quarterbacks caught COVID. You know, and it happened with a few different teams. I think Cleveland, all their receivers caught COVID. You know, so they they tried to work through it in college and in the pros in the states. And I mean, it wasn't that bad. You know, um, it's really Canada. That's uh, it's really Canada. that's kind of locked everything down to the point where there's like no sports whatsoever. But uh, I don't know. Mm. Like even tennis, they they're, they don't even let people play tennis or golf right now. It's just like how more mm. how much more socially distanced can you get? I don't know, dude. I, I, I just I, I think it's I don't think it's a good idea to uh, to basically shut down the entire sports industry. I don't think that that's necessarily a smart move because people yeah. are messed up, man. Like. You got uh, Soccer Ontario. They're they're petitioning the Ford government to let kids play soccer again because there's such a decline in the mental health of the youth because they're just they're doing absolutely nothing. You know, like you know, and I don't think that they necessarily needed to shut everything down. I think they could have done things other ways. Yeah, you know, I mean the social distancing is the important thing. So you can do that. Like you can still figure it out and figure, figure out ways to 
keep the attendance down and you know still let the athletes play yeah no yeah. I, I agree hopefully um, hopefully soon things open back up and you know it might take some time to get back to that that state that we were in before but you know fingers crossed man. for that yeah i'm hopeful like that. i go outside and and the only place where i can really play like basketball would be on a basketball net but then I go outside and I see some courts down. The rims are just taken off, and I'm just like, okay. Yeah, who would have thought? Uh, like, who would have thought that that would ever happen? That this would happen. Yeah. I know. I know. They got Ridiculous. some of the uh, some of the rims are taken down, and then the other ones have like like a like a bag over them or a plastic bag, and it's like yeah. Seen all sorts of different concoctions, man. They got like, I think they got like the chain and the lock on some of them right in the middle, so it's like you can't like shoot a ball in there. Yeah, yeah. That's like, ridiculous. what if like you're you're living in the same house and like you and your brother or somebody want to go just take some shots? So you can't even do that. That's not even yeah. like that's allowed, right? I don't know. I just think yeah. they could do this better. Yeah, yeah it, it's know. good. It's good to hear though at Redline, you guys are doing the virtual stuff and keeping things going, like as you can, because I can only imagine it's it's tough, right, being a business at this time as well. So it's good to hear you guys are you guys are still putting it out there for your clients and other people and the yeah. youth as well. That's really mm-hmm. good. Yeah, we're we're keeping it going. You know, we're we're keeping yeah. it going and we're trying to uh, we're trying to basically do something about this whole. You know, this whole issue where, you know, young people are going through so many, you know, negative uh, mental health situations. Right. So we're just we're just trying to keep it going. Um, I don't know. Like, I I believe I believe that a lot of the measures that have been taken to kind of keep the transmissions down and stuff like I don't I don't necessarily agree with a lot of them. And. You know, um, we still respect the system and we respect the laws and the rules and stuff. But I guess we uh, we try to we try to protest in our own way. You know, we try to protest by just putting things out there that the kids can do. You know what I mean? Rather than just having them sit home and do nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's kind of what what we do to to uh, to fight the good fight. You know yeah man and you know i'm sure everyone that's a part of redline like all the organizations that you're working with and all the athletes i'm sure they they appreciate that you're doing this for them right like someone needs to be an advocate for taking care of yourself physically and mentally during this time and you know we we met you through instagram and seeing your page it just we just got a really good vibe off it and it really does look like you you care and you're trying to make a difference so you know keep keep doing what you're doing yeah i definitely will man and uh and we'll we'll have you guys in here too man we'll have like a pt3 workout oh of course i'm ready <laughs> i'm ready for that i don't know if i'm ready i gotta, I gotta we'll, see, we'll see if i'm ready to be honest <laughs> okay you guys are I'd good i'd love man. to be there though love yeah to be yeah when when things uh things kind of die down a little bit yeah we'll have you guys in here and we'll uh we'll do a workout man and then we can have a podcast after on location live on location 
oh yeah, yeah. we'll do it that'd yeah be, that'd be sweet i can't wait to do that like having... some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and some nice Ooh. water yeah oh, <laughs> dude you oh. don't even want to know man i have my uh <laughs> i got a stash of exotic peanut butter here man exotic <laughs> peanut butter wow I, I can't believe i'm saying this on the air <laughs> <laughs> it's exotic everybody exotic dude dude you don't want to know man we got i have uh I have rainforest nut butter. Whoa! What? <laughs> what? Yeah, that's what I'm talking Whoa, about. Where did you get that? So it's, I guess it's Brazil nuts mixed with, uh, so Brazil nut butter mixed with cashew nut butter, and uh, and one other kind of butter. I can't remember what it is, but it's like, dude, this rainforest nut butter, dude. Like Whoa. it's. That's yeah, crazy. That's that sounds so That crazy. is nuts. <laughs> Dude, whenever I find those little unicorn so kind of peanut man. butters, bro, I just hold on to them. <laughs> yeah. I don't, you know, it's all good. Yeah, well, that's crazy, man. We got we to gotta try some of that soon. But, um, yeah. you know, thanks so much, Brent, for coming on and sharing with us. Like, we really appreciate, everything. yeah, everything. Like, that, we really appreciate thanks, being, yeah. Ta- yeah. being able to talk to people like you and network with people that you know just care about the same things and care about these important issues like that we discussed during this episode i think it's so important for people to hear more and especially during this time where everyone's at home we need to like the media people are taking in even myself like the type of podcast i'm listening to the books i'm reading it really affects the way i'm thinking right because we're not socializing as much so having these positive media outlets is so important for people. So, you know, thanks for coming on. Thanks for everything you're doing. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we hope to get in with you in person soon. Yeah. Well, we no problem you. guys. So you guys, I mean, I know, I know two of you are in, in Brampton. So like, yo, holla. <laughs> <laughs> we're here, man. Holla. Oh, like yeah. you guys, yeah, you guys come through. Like, I mean, we're, we're closed now. Yeah. Like we don't really, we're not doing too much right now. And, uh, bylaw, you know, bylaw has that watchful eye, you know, but, of um, course, of course. yeah, once we're, once we're good, yeah, you guys swing through, man. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll chop it up. Yeah, man. And, and to the audience, we really hope you got some positive, some value from that episode. And we're going to put, you know, Redline Athletics, all their information, all their social media links in, in our bio as well. You, you can check out uh, Redline Athletics on Instagram. You can check out Athletic Eatery, Eatery. as well. Yeah. Um, they're doing great mm-hmm. things on there. Their hydration initiative. They're, they're just doing great, man. So you guys yeah. should tune in. And it's been great having you, Brent. So this has been the PT3. And we are out. Peace out. Peace. Peace, guys.